The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones who did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the One who is our bread, our fuel along the pilgrim way. Amen. Last Sunday night, a group of teenagers and adults slept here at Trinity Church and then rose with the Monday morning sun and set off on a walking pilgrimage to St. Anne's Church in Lowell. After two days of walking, we spent two more days living in community, cooking, cleaning, doing chores around St. Anne's, digging potatoes at a nonprofit urban farm, and volunteering at Living Waters Center of Hope. We slept in three different churches, ranging from our own new air-conditioned parish hall to St. Anne's breathtaking, old, historic sanctuary. Along the way, we snuck into Middlesex school bathrooms. We loitered in Carlisle, waiting for the library to open. We trespassed on the property of our senior warden and made use of his garden hose. Did you know that? <laughs> we sweated profusely. We got bruised hips and chafed shoulders and achy feet. We climbed a bell tower. We teased one another relentlessly. We shared stories and we sang one another to sleep. But that's not all that happened on our pilgrimage last week. More happened that was less visible and deeply infused with God's presence. I'm still taking in the beauty of this past week, the power of community, and the good hearts of my fellow pilgrims. 
I'm still processing the ways in which God was so clearly at work with us. Often, when God is very busy in our lives, the readings we are exposed to seem to speak to our experience. And this week's lectionary is no exception. If pilgrimage is a journey to the heart of God, a journey embarked upon with fellow travelers, a journey of work, prayer, and relationship, then all of our readings this morning could be excerpts from the pilgrimage guidebook. I will not unpack all of the readings in detail. The teenagers did remind me that in the Episcopal Church we do 10-minute sermons, not two-hour sermons. (laughs) But I do want to touch on some of the bits that deeply speak to this theme of journeying with one another into the heart of God. In our first reading, King Solomon addresses God saying, There is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and steadfast love with your servants who walk before you with all their heart. This week I saw young people walking before God with all their heart. And I realized that the only way that I know how to walk before God with all of my heart is by watching others do just that. Now, it is both obvious and easy to forget that we can walk before God everywhere we go because God dwells everywhere. God's dwelling means everywhere, not just in temples and churches and on retreats and pilgrimages, but everywhere. Now, from today's psalm, how dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts. Happy are they who dwell in your house. They will always be praising you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. That may be the only line of scripture I need today. When we set our hearts on the pilgrim's way, on the way of an intentional journey into the heart of God, amazing things happen. But it is not easy to set our hearts on the pilgrim's way. It takes intentional planning and preparation, and it makes us very vulnerable. Our hearts are open and we are exposed. We need to dress ourselves carefully in order to embark on the pilgrim's way. Now, I have to say, how we dress ourselves is of great importance. I can see that many of you know that full well. You look wonderful this morning. But I'm not actually talking about fashion. On pilgrimage, the right shoes could mean the difference between major blisters and feet that survive a walk unwounded. The wrong belt will bruise your hips under a hiking pack. A wide-brimmed hat will save the back of your neck from sunburn, and a wet bandana will cool you in the midday heat. A good pack will fit you well and carry all you need. It will also provide something very lovely to lean on for roadside naps. According to the writer of today's epistle, there are many layers to consider as we dress ourselves for a life with Christ. Not just dressing for Sunday worship, 
not just packing for pilgrimage, but also donning ourselves with everything we need to live the counter-cultural life of walking with Christ. Stand, therefore, the letter to the Ephesians tells us, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It sounds to me like we are told to dress for war. And while I usually avoid images of war, this epistle inspires me to take seriously the battle we fight for Christ's peace and justice and dignity for every single person. The battles we fight against our own prejudices and bad behaviors and temptations that we know exist inside of us. If I don't admit that life with Christ involves a bit of a battle and dress as such, I am rendered somewhat useless in our shared goal of making this world more closely resemble the kingdom of love that it was created to be. At Living Waters Center of Hope, next to St. Anne's Church in Lowell, where our group spent Thursday morning, I met a man who was volunteering. He was about my age, educated, well-spoken, and passionate about helping people to shed the fear and prejudice we have toward those who live on the streets. He showed me an exhibit of photographs on the wall in the cafe at, at Living Waters, photos of places where homeless people sleep and where they spend their time. They were photographs taken by people who are homeless. One of the photographs was of a back alley, and he said that it represented the routes that homeless people often have to take to avoid the main sidewalks where they will see people who will look at them with fear and disgust and, worse yet, pity. He said that that photograph was taken by him. He had been homeless, has been homeless, for seven months. A year ago, he was a manager at a major bank, but he experienced some depression. Things started to fall apart. His health insurance failed him. He could no longer pay rent. And then he found himself on the streets arguing with police officers about where he might sleep when it's raining. As he and I spoke, I struggled with my own reactions to his story, my temptation to feel bad for him, my realization that the other homeless people in the room didn't move me as much as this man did, who came across as a social and economic peer of mine, this man who could have been any one of you. I realized that a real battle was going on in me, and I do need to equip myself to fight that battle rather than pretend it doesn't exist. I found myself grateful for a Jesus who fed people indiscriminately, not just with bread 
but with friendship. He did not keep them at arm's length. Rather, he invited them into intimacy with God through himself. Jesus taught us to reject the walls that separate us from one another and to seek deep friendship with everyone, regardless of race, class, gender, age, regardless of where we sleep and where we eat and whom we love. For many people, this is too much. And in Jesus' time, for many people, it was too much. It is not easy to navigate a world where we really honor each person's belovedness. It is not easy to see Jesus as fully human and fully God and to take in the fact that God becoming human and residing in each one of us demands from us that we treat every single person we encounter as if we know that God is in them. The idea of the incarnation was so hard that when Jesus started talking about it explicitly in today's gospel, many of his disciples gave up on him and went home, turning their backs on the love he offered. This week, a small band of pilgrims left their homes and together turned toward that love. By walking, they took the theories of indiscriminate Christian relationship and put them into practice. They encountered Christ in people who don't have homes, in people who lead ministries in under-resourced settings, in the people digging potatoes next to them, and in the mirrors that they cleaned in a historic old church building. While literal pilgrimage gives us the time and space to see God more clearly. I do not think you have to hoist a pack onto your back and tie on a good pair of walking shoes and trek 18 miles to take this journey. You simply have to listen to your life, the deepest part of it, where God is calling, where Christ accompanies you and challenges you, where the Spirit compels you forward to serve people and to let them serve you, to love deeply and to put one foot in front of the other, heart wide open, on your own pilgrim way. Amen.